there's a lot of uh, conversation, debate going on what's good and what's bad. Right? And it all boils down to a matter of perspective. Right? Can we soften it so, because I don't have voice power anymore. Uh, so, if I say something is good for me, the other person can say that, well, that's not really good. Someone else may say, but that is good, and we may end up saying, but that is not good. And, and everyone in today's world, they have given us this freedom of choice. You get to choose what is good for you. You get to choose what is bad for you. They decide about the sexuality, they decide about the relationship, they decide about the gender, they decide about everything and anything that they can decide on. You know? And this good and bad has somewhere sort of lost its importance, its value. I would say coffee is good. I mean, people who know me, they will say that this boy is never going to change. Coffee is good for me, but then if my doctors come to know about it, they will tell me probably you need to cut down a little bit on caffeine because it's not good for you. For some, non-wage is good. For some, it may not be. And we will end up thinking, who are those crazy people? There are a lot of people around you, don't they? But then they would be considering you crazy if you prefer something which is not their preference. You see where I'm getting at? But good has boiled down to a matter of personal opinion. But how many of you know that the truth is, good is not personal opinion? Let me drop the first truth bomb. Good is God's opinion. If he says it's good, it's good. If he says it's bad, it's bad. Crystal here, I can wrap up the sermon today. But I'm not going to do that. We have one more. So, good and bad is not about what you like or what I like or what the other person likes or what the neighbor likes or dislikes. Good and bad is about what God says it is good and what God says it is bad. It's not about who our leader is and what they're going to say. It's not about who our boss is and what they're going to say. It's all down to this and what this is going to say. You remember I posted, I think I did post in the group, if, it, if, if it's not according to the, and aligns to the word of God, then it's not the will of God. Good and bad is not defined by this word, though they are defining it now, but we know as believers, you and I, as church, you and I, we need to know there is only one good God Almighty. And whatever he says, that is good. He made you, he said, you're good. He made the creations, he said, this was good. But you know one more place, he said, this it is not good for a man to be alone. And then he made a woman. See, he's already defining what is good and what's not. So even before you existed, he has the clarity of what's good and what's not. And today I'm bringing us a word. Uh, and... I was not supposed to bring this word to you guys, this was supposed to be for Bora, but the entire team and the moon of worship, it still draws me in the spirit to share this with you guys. So, uh, let's read, first of all, Proverbs chapter 30, verse 7 and 9. I just want that to be as, uh, as an intro for today's message. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 7 to 9. Is anyone going to read or try to read? Alright, two things I request of you. 
Deprive me not before I die. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me. Lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and still and profane the name of my God. And we are going to study from the life of Israel or the nation Israel as to why good and bad matters so much. How many of you can at least agree that God is good? Not just show of hands, let your voice do the talking, okay? God is good? Amen. Amen? Right? Amen. And we can say He's good all the time, right? But still, if we read up verse 9, He says, Don't let me be so full that I end up asking God who? Don't bless me so much, don't make me so rich. Don't make me so healthy, wealthy, and wise that I may end up asking, God who? Don't, don't withhold the goodness from me that I end up stealing from people, that I end up eyeing on other people's blessing, and then I misuse or bring sad sorrow to that God in you. You see, God is always good. But the problem is, that we may actually end up forgetting that good God. Just because he's good doesn't mean that we won't forget him. This wise man, he says, it is possible that I may forget. So don't bless me so much and don't withhold from me so much. Just give me as much as I need. That pride may not build up, nor may anxiety or anger build up. But I may still rely on God. How many of you would love to stay relying on that one God? No, dear church, don't make it. Don't allow this point to ever come into your into your life that you may end up questioning who God, where God, why God. I don't need no God. Make sure that your life is far away from this. And this is written in Proverbs, but I'm letting you know, though this was written in Proverbs, Moses was actually giving those truths to Israel as they entered to the promised land. Alright, we're going to Deuteronomy chapter 6, 7, and 8 today. A lot of reading, but our focus will be chapter 8. It has 20 verses, and we'll be looking as to what Moses told the entire nation and how this in uh, in in Proverbs 30 aligns with today's message. Let's read Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 6 and 7. Deuteronomy 8, verses 6 and 7. Can we have an extra mic, please? Can I give it to them? You have your Bibles with you? Alright, let's read. 6 and 7, please. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in His ways, and to scare him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, and a land of brooks, of water, and of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills. You see, Moses is telling them that good God is bringing you to a good place where there will, there will be valleys and streams and pools of water, where there will be fountains and gushing, and you will be well settled. But what does he say in verse 6? He says, keep 
the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to fear him. Let's read in verse 10 and 11. What does he say? When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, which I command you today. Verse 10. When you have eaten and are full, have you ever eaten so much that you're full? Don't be shy. You have? I know some of you who have, I've seen you in the camp. Right? We have, and he says, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. But here's the warning, verse 7, what does he say? Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. So again, this was not just Solomon who was worried about forgetting God. Moses had it in the back of his heart that it is possible that this nation will forget their God. It's very dangerous to obtain and to receive all the goodness of God, but still forget the good God. Right? But still, we know that God is good. Amen? Amen? Yeah. Is He still good? Yes. yes? Yes? Is He still good? Yes. Tell your name, ask your neighbor, is God still good? Is God still good? Make sure you have an answer from them, okay? Yeah? God is still good, but don't forget the Lord your God. He's still good in our generation. He's still good in the midst of the pandemic. But still beware that you do not forget the Lord your God. So when I put this question of if God is good, I'm not doubting if God is good. I'm just here having a conversation trying to remind you that God is good. Alright, beware that you do not forget that God is good. Now we're going to So, it's not the question if we are doubting if God is good. But I'm here just to instill that thought in your mind, in your heart, that God is so good. Alright? You know, Jesus himself said that there is no one good apart from Father, from the God. Right? He also says that every good and perfect gift comes from from above. In Romans 8.28 he says that and we know that all things work together for good. For the people who trust, who rely, who believe in Him, who love the Lord their God. Right? And who are called according to purpose. So in short, we have got a good God. Yes? We have got a good God who knows to give the good gifts to His children. Yes? Right? We have got the good God who ensures that everything works out good for His children. Yes? 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 Now, today we are going to analyze from the 8th chapter how still the nation of Israel can mess up on the good God and us as spiritual Israel end up doing the same time and time again. Alright? So bear with me. If you have any complaints, take it up with God, not with me. Okay? So, 
Deuteronomy chapter 8, the title in my Bible is, says that, Remember the Lord your God. Let that be your title. Okay? But, you see, when complacency starts to sink into a Christian life, we are preparing ourselves for a downfall. The moment we start settling into the goodness, rather than drawing in the goodness, we are limiting the goodness of God in our lives. Goodness of God cannot be limited. It is meant to grow. You know, our, our character itself is about growth. How many of you were born at the age of 24? Or 18? Or 19? Or 13? Were you born at that age? Were you born this old? We're meant to grow. Right? Even in the spiritual realm, we are called strength to Glory to. So if you are not growing, then what are we actually doing? If you are limited in a small area of where we are good at and not taking steps where we need to grow in, are we really growing from strength to strength and glory to glory? Or are we settling in the place that we know is good for us? Now Israel Moses, sorry, he, he brought them out with many of reminders and we are going to look at four things. The very first, do you remember what God has delivered you from? Very first thing for you to do. Do you remember what God has delivered you from? Let's read in verses 14. Let's read 14. Verse 14. Then your heart is detailed. And you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Your heart will become what? It will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. In other words, it says who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the land of bondage. How many of you here can testify that God has brought you out from a certain place in your life and you are thankful for it? Anyone? Can you testify that you were going through a bondage in your life that God set you free from? Anyone here? Yes? Can we just praise God for that deliverance from bondage? Yes? has brought you out from a land that was trying to keep you back and now he's letting you possess the land which he had pre prepared for you. The things that you did not deserve by our understanding, he says I created these things for you and I'm handing it over to you. Isn't it good? Isn't it good? Well in Hosea 13 verse 6, let's read that. I'm going to make you read a few scriptures, okay? Please be patient with it. Hosea 13 verse 6. Hosea 13 verse 6. When they had pasture, they were filled, they were filled, and their heart was exhausted. Therefore they forgot. So when they had their pasture, they were filled, and they were filled and their heart were exalted, therefore they forgot me. He's not even saying, God is not even saying you may forget, he's just clearly saying you did forget me. 
the other two people that are saying that I don't want to forget you. And God in the end proves a point saying, you did forget me. Just like these two people said that you would, you did forget me. Okay? Now time of testimony, are you with me? Are you ready to stand up and praise a bit? Yeah? Ever, has anyone had, had anxiety or depression in this place? Can, can you testify that you have been set free from it? Yes, can we praise God for that deliverance? Yes, come on, let's praise Him. Let's praise Him. How many of you believe that the bondages of your ancestors are not passed on to you anymore? forgetting that it was God who brought you out and not you yourself. 
never let pride sink in by saying, my hours of work, my overnight, my sleepless nights, nah. It is God that let you stay up in the sleepless night. Understand this very carefully, and I tell this to my youths back in Burra as well. If he won't let you stay up, you will not be able to stay up. And if he decides to make you go to sleep forever, that night that you decided to stay up all night, blink of an eye, you're done. But you are enjoying it because he has set you free in his presence. And you are supposed to enjoy that freedom in Christ. Because it is good. It is good. Amen. Amen. You can see it. Yes, please. But here, in 2 Kings 14, verse 10, he says, Enjoy your glory and stay at home. Your heart has become proud. There will be times when, when all the blessings will fill our hearts and will just fill our minds with arrogance and pride. Instead of glorifying God, instead of showing our gratitude to God, we end up taking the credits to ourselves. You forget where we started from. You forget how we were. You forget how my family was. But we focus on the glory that is way, that is supposed to end on earth. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 20 to 23 please. Let's see, what does it say? opportunities and they keep thinking if I would have, what if I would have, what if I did that, what if I spoke that, what if I met that person and then there are some people who look back at their life longing for those old days to come back but God is here reminding us that everything that happened in our life whether good or bad, the entire purpose of it was so that you may reach to this point on this day in this place. Don't look back with regret. Don't look back with guilt. It happened, it happened. But if God taught you in those moments, it is the very reason why you are here. It's the very reason where God transformed that particular moment so that you could experience His love. You can experience His mercy. You can experience His favor in your life. It's not just a song that we sing that we have the favor of God. It is the truth that we have the favor of God in our lives. Your regrets will not bring you forward. It is the favor and the will of God that brings you up front. So don't look back hoping that you will have done something different. Allow God to use it to mold you in such a way that now you become the light in this darkened world and become a beacon of hope just as Jesus was in his heaven. 
Nothing more, nothing less. No more guilt, no more shame. He clearly said, said that. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Everything old is what? It is God. So I have the memories of the things I've done. I have the memories of the things I've said. But I don't have I don't have those chains holding me saying that you are the same person. No. It gives me hope if God can transform that anxious heart. There is the same God who will be able to transform another anxious heart. I should be that testimony. If he can do it to me, he can do it to you. So some of you, today I want you to know that God's command for you and I is to remember what all he has delivered you from. I remember, I remember a time when I was small, yes, I was young, and uh, my, my family was not so well to do back then, alright? And dad had uh, given up his job just so that we, he could focus on church planting. And we were just going through a bit of savings and whatnot so that our family could continue. And what he used to do is mom and dad would uh, buy some milk and that they would use a part of it for Jensi and I, my sister and I, but the rest of it they would give it to another family who had just come to faith. But they, they themselves would just have black tea, just watered down tea. But I'm thankful that today in our refrigerator, the oil never run the oil, sorry, the milk never runs out. You come at the middle of the night, I'll be ready to serve you good coffee because God has been faithful the past 22 years of his life. There were times where he we would buy clothes once in a year. But now we have so many clothes that we are running out of wardrobe space to keep them in. I remember where God has been leading us. I remember where we started from. And I'm here to tell you the very same. Don't you forget where you started from. You can have all the fancy things in your life right now. But there was a day in your life where you were just hoping to make it through. Don't you dare forget where God delivered you from. Is that very clear? So, God has been good to you? Yes? Is it still good to you? Yes? Amen? Now we're going to the second point. Do you remember what he has brought you through? Let's see verse 2 and 3. Chapter 8, verse 2 and 3. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Amen. In, in 6 verse 22 he says, And the Lord showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe, against Egypt, Pharaoh, and all his household. Now, second moment. How many of you can testify that you've seen God work in your life? How many of you, have, you can testify that you have seen a miracle of God in your own life or in your family's life? Yes? Yes? 
He says uh, in 622, he says, in our, before our own eyes, before our own eyes, the Lord showed signs and wonders. Dear church, don't forget what God has done in your life. First thing, don't forget where he brought you to. Second thing, don't forget what he has done in your life. Right here? Yes? Don't ever forget how he has brought you to this place. He says, I have seen the signs and wonders. Now, when was the last time you recalled a sign or a wonder or a, or a miracle in your life? Did you ever take a, a notice of that? Anyone? Yeah? Can you look back and, okay, forget the past years. This year itself, can you, can anyone say that you have witnessed God's work in your life? You thought that this was impossible, God, but of course, faith in God made it possible. Yes? Anyone? You thought COVID would bring you down, but He lifted you up again. You thought exams and stress would bring you down, but then He renewed your strength again. So if it is not God, then what? Anything? No. Right? So don't overlook the wonders of God in your life. Even when you are out and you're safely back home, that itself is a miracle. When you get to be on your bed and sleep and then wake up the next morning, that is a miracle. There are chances, there are instances where people want to see the next day but they don't. There are chances and instances where people want to be with other people, where their family members, their friends, but they don't get that opportunity. But here you and I, here we are, seated in God's mind. Right? If we start, if I start talking to you individually, will you be able to say that you are the miracle work of God? Yeah, how many of you would love to have that conversation with me sometime later on? I would love to hear the miracles that God has done in your life. <laughs> but would you, would you remember what God has done? Now there are many seated here who are not even responding to it right now. But I'm, I'm letting you know, everything in your life that has been good is a miracle in itself. Every favor that you have received from people, that's a miracle. Every opportunity that you have received to go, that's God's favor. Don't ignore it. Don't neglect it through your life. Has it been ever a day where you thought you lost everything, but God gave you a fresh start? Yeah? Where you thought it was the end, but then God showed you a new day? Yes or no? Yes. When you thought the sickness was incurable, but then He healed you? Yes or no? When you thought you or your family was going to have the last meal, but then he provided for you again? Yes, no? Yes? When you thought that you would not get a job or order or get through your exam, but then you still did. Clearing an exam is a miracle in itself, right? More than anything, every semester is a miracle if you make it through. Because I know how you guys are with the students. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. You all are doing great. But remember, everything that you receive in your life is God's favor and God's hand. The work of your hands are blessed because it is God who strengthens you. 
He blesses your hands so that you start to come. He blesses your hands so that you start to help people. In Matthew 4, 4, Jesus himself quoted this, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out from the mouth of God. And that is what uh, Moses told in Deuteronomy 8, verses, 5, verses 3, right? You see, he has led you to a lot. And my request to you this evening would be, don't forget what he has done for you. The first thing was, don't forget where he brought you from. The second thing, don't forget what he has done for you. And thirdly, do you remember how well he has kept you? Now this is a very touchy subject, but let's read verse 4 and 5. 8, 4 and 5. The garments did not get out on me, nor did the foot spill this what he is. You should know in your heart that as a man chases his son, so the Lord your God chases you. Your garments did not wear out, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. 40 years! Can you imagine their clothes being up and well for 40 years? Your yeah, 4 months is a big deal. But then 40 years! You are standing in the church for 3 hours is a pain in the leg. We go home, my feet are swollen at the end of the night. But then he says, I didn't even let it swell. God has been good to them in such a way that he made sure that they are well kept. Now you may be wondering, how am I well kept? How many of you here had this pandemic virus with you? Diagnosed with COVID, anyone here? The rest of you who did not, this is how well you are kept. That it did not touch you, it did not approach you, it did not harm you. For those of you who did go through COVID, that's how well he has kept you, that he has restored you, and you are standing here again in the house of God, in the land of the living. Hallelujah. You can say how well he has kept you. Do you ever go out in the city? How many of you go out in the city? Don't lie. I see a few stories on IG and WhatsApp. Don't lie to me. I know you guys go out for KFC and Starbucks without me. And then tell me that you should have been here. How would I be there if you don't tell me where you are? But you go back and then you come back safe. That's how well he has kept you. You go by rickshaw, you go by cab and the car, car doesn't have an accident or turns over. That's how well he has kept you. You, you, run, you have the last money in your wallet, but still your provisions are brought through. That's how well he has kept you. And you still ask, what is God doing for me? Look around you. You climb up the stairs and you do not fall. You take a step and your feet doesn't stumble on a rock and he doesn't let you fall. The dogs out in the street, they don't bite you. How well has he kept you? You are bitten by mosquitoes, but no thing your chicken dunya is affecting you. That's how well he has. I can go on and on. Do you want me to go on and on or do you want to praise him for that? You eat the Indian food, which you thought you never would like, but still you are alive. That's how well he has kept you. Hello. 
You thought the Indian climate would burn you out, but you're still here? You thought, how am I gonna live without the knowledge every day, but you're still you up? You thought, how am I going to settle in with the roommate that annoys me so much, but you're still here? I have a roommate and she's my wife, so I cannot say anything. <laughs> but it's not she that annoys me, I'm the annoying one. So pray for her, pray for more patience in her. But hey. But you see, are you, are you getting the point? God has kept you well. This roof could fall on us right now. Or the earth could open up and take us all in. The chair that you are seated on could latch open and you could be falling down. The shoe that you wear could break any moment and you would have a good fall. Not good fall. Good for others, not for you probably. But you would have a fall. Right? But you see, everything that you do, God says, I got your back. Every step that you take, He says, I will go before you and prepare the way. Every prayer that you take up in battle, he says, you be still and you will see the salvation of the Lord in your life. Come on, someone should praise God that he has kept you well. He has kept you well. You can eat healthy, but unless God gives you the grace to live, your health food, your diet, your physician activities, your gym, nothing can save you unless God says, I will strengthen you. I have seen the goodness of God in my life. Have you? Have you? I thought this church would be a bit more louder, but Baruch Church is louder than this. But hey, God has kept me. I don't know about you, but I'm going to take a praise break, shall we? Yes? Let's praise Jesus at the new Yes, he has been to us. 
we need to remember that in verse 5, just as he says, as the father chastens his son, the Lord will chasten you. You see, the word of God is not so that you may be condemned. The word of God is so that you may be redirected closer to God. It is not a, it's not a staff to hit you. It is a staff to bring you back on track. You see, many of us, we don't like reading the scriptures so often. We are too inclined on reading of a, a, a Bible plan or new version or listening to certain podcasts on Spotify or listening to a certain preacher on YouTube. But listen to me very carefully. They are all fed with the word of God, which is what they are sharing with you. But what you are receiving is part of their buffet meal. You're not taking everything that they have. You're taking what they are giving it to you. So wouldn't it be amazing to the one who is giving everything and his name is Jesus? Why don't we go directly to him and take all that he has to offer? Rather than waiting on three course meal, we can have an approach of whatever I want, Wherever I want, I can be with you, my God. So, when you read the word of God, Proverbs 4, 26, what does he say? Follow the path of my feet. Let it be established in your ways. Psalm, 116, uh, Psalm 16, verse 11 says, Show me the path of life, and in, that, in your presence is fullness of joy. And then, in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, That the word is the lamp unto my feet, and the light unto my path. Proverbs 14 verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is destruction or death. So, we can choose which way we need to walk on. But it is not necessarily that that path will end up good. The only way to secure if it is a good or a bad path is to cross-check and keep the word of God. Today, in, in, in this world, we have a lot of red flag and green flag going on. This is the best place to look for red and green flags, okay? If you're looking for a relationship, make sure that they align with this. If they don't align with this, that's the biggest red flag you ever want. No, you don't want five red flags. This one is enough. If he says that, hey, this business you're doing is not good. This friendship that you're keeping is not good. The people you're sitting with is not good. But I love them. But he says, don't walk around in the company of the wicked. But I love them. Then save them. Give them the gospel. Bring them to Jesus. Show them that you love them by giving them the name that brought salvation. Your friendship is not just for food and drinks and birthday parties and anniversaries and celebrations and dinner night outs. Your friendship is in such a way that this friendship that you have on earth will continue up there in heaven. That's the kind of friendship that you ought to have. Right? So this word is not just so that we have promises every day. This is not something that we open up on Sundays. This is not something that you open up in your family meetings. There's something that you open up every day so that he guides your steps. So that he knows which snake you need to trample on and which you need to walk away from. There will be times where you have to trample on, by the way, and there will be times where you have to walk away. You don't always have to trample on. You can wonder, where does that say? Well, continue reading the New Testament, you'll figure it out. 
You can read from Matthew to Romans, you'll get it. In one of those places. You get it. I'm not going to give it everything. It's not free, of course. So, <laughs> but you remember God's principles. First Peter 2 verse 2. We desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow in it. 2 Peter 3.18 Grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But all of this is just, just so that He may equip us for the way that He has prepared for us. How many of you would love to go on a, on a vacation to the Himalayas or Goa? Yeah? So how, how would you go? How would you go? Fly? What would you take with you? Nothing? If you're going to Goa, will you take sweaters and jackets and blankets and all of that with you? If you're going to Himalayas, will you take shorts and half sleeveless t-shirts with you? So what do you do? You prepare according to the destination. Let me ask you, when was the last time you prepared yourself according to what the day was holding for you? Okay. Making sense? If today was going to be challenging, if today was going to be where your patience was going to be tested, did you really prepare yourself in the world knowing that I don't need to use my patience. I don't, I can't control. I, I, I must make sure I'm not going to punch someone in the face. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Did you prepare yourself for the day? We always prepare ourselves where we ought to go. So your journey in faith cannot start and cannot continue without preparation. Make sure your faith journey is always with preparation. Prepare yourself in the word of God. Prepare yourself in faith. Prepare yourself in prayer. Prepare yourself in worship. Prepare yourself in the community. Build yourselves up. The scripture calls us edify one another. It's not so that we may be edified by ourselves. As iron sharpens iron in the book of Proverbs, righteous should sharpen the righteousness of the next person. Prepare yourself for the service as you come here. We come here all dressed up well. But do you come here to fight a spiritual battle? We cannot go to a battle without preparation. You can say, but David did. No, he did not. They tried to prepare him for the battle, but they didn't know he was already prepared for it. See, your preparation is not by appearance. Your preparation is what's in your heart. And as long as you don't forget God and His commandments, you're preparing yourself every single day. So the enemy cannot take you by surprise or bring you down on a certain day because you are well prepared. And lastly, chapter 8 verse 18. You shall remember the Lord your God for it is He who gives you power to get well that He may establish His covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. So lastly, remember that God is still good to you. Amen? Hello? Amen? Standing here today is a big challenge for me. And can I talk for a bit? Yeah. 
you know, Dad has been going through some health issues since the last week. And uh, for the last two days, Friday evening, he had been admitted in the hospital. So everything happened and things were, he was prepared mentally, emotionally, spiritually, everything was right. But still, as, as, as children or as family, our heart was still... It was still hurting to see that we cannot stand beside him. No? He was admitted in the TCU, which I didn't know ever existed. A lot of things I've learned in the last few days. I was told that I cannot stay back at night. I have to go back home. If something comes up, I'll be called. So I stayed there till 8 and then I have to go back home. The next morning again, I have to come at 12, stay there till 8 and then go back home. And through it all, when the doctor came in and the procedure was done, he was given the anesthesia and everything was right and right and the doctor said it could have been critical, it could have been fatal, but it did not. And my heart was just glad that it did not. You know? They said that he could have had a stroke, but it did not. And I said, yes, praise God, it did not. And after he was out of the cath lab, after the procedure was done, I was allowed to meet him for five minutes. Can you imagine? Five minutes. I go in and I see him and the anesthesia is wearing off and the pain starts to kick. And man, I hate seeing that in the This is the, second, uh, the third time that I'm in the hospital. Regardless, you remember his fever? He had dengue, which was critical. And now this. And to see a strong guy groaning in pain, I was helpless. I'm standing right in front of this, uh, this bed. It's like, what am I supposed to do? I'm asking him that what's happening. He's like, he's saying, I'm feeling cold in my blood, I'm feeling cold in the inside. Why is this happening? I'm asking the nurse who was attending. I asked her, what's happening? He said, had to be given a lot of anesthesia. The cath lab was put on a very cold climate so that the procedure can be done, the blood can be the blood flow can be done. What? And all of a sudden, so now they give him uh, painkillers. They give him a dose, then they give him, I don't know what they gave, but something to make his blood warm. Is that something? And they pushed it in and he's groaning in pain again because it's going against his flow. And there I'm standing, I'm like, man, this is helpless. And I come out and I take a seat with my head bowed down. Brother Jitin from our church, he was with me and he was asking, what's going on? I said, I have no idea, but I'm feeling that pain. I just want to cry. Because no one would like to see their dad or someone they love in pain and be helpless, right? I know he's in good care. My heart still longs to be there. To top of it, they say you cannot stay the night. Like I'm paying for this. Why cannot I stay the night? Said COVID not. Have both vaccines done. Said sorry. So I had to travel back home, be with mom and mom and my wife. Both of them were already, the entire day they were spending with, with worry. They had a good moment of 
of tear fall as well. Everything happened. Here I am calling them up, making sure that they stop crying. And here I'm standing, standing right outside the procedure room, making sure that everything is done. I'm like, wait, who's looking at me? I need someone's shoulder too. And last night I came back home at around 10. Started to prepare for work. I told that he had to be shifted to CCU. How many CUs do you guys have? <laughs> they transferred him to the CCU. They told him, in TCU, I was allowed to meet him once in every few hours. They would let me walk in for five minutes. In CCU, they wouldn't even let me stay on the same floor. They told me, go downstairs. I ask him, I, I tell him that I know the visiting hours here is 10, 11 to 12, I'll be in church. What am I supposed to do? He says, church first, me next. I go back home with a heavy heart, knowing my dad is going to sleep in pain tonight. But with that same joy that my upper father is beside his bed tonight. This message was written last night from 11.30 to 3 a.m. Because I was reminded of this very thing. I was, this chapter, I read right outside the TCU. That is where my heart started to be reassured. My God has brought me out, my God has brought that out from a lot of things. This is going to be another one. The very reason I was able to lead worship and preach in Barra while dad was still in the in the CCU was because I knew my God is keeping him. You see, you can do all you want, but unless God is good to you, everything that you do is no good. Don't forget the goodness of the Lord in your life. Your experience is not good enough. Your strength is not good enough. Your contacts are not good enough. The doctor said you can go home at peace, but hey, that's the job. They can tell us, but human life will still cry, right? So if God can strengthen me to stand here with you and share a word of hope, can you imagine what God can do through your life each single one of you when you decide I am going to remember my God. Can you imagine down the line in a few days or a few weeks your life will become a testimony for people. They will wonder how are they still pushing through. You will be able to say because my God has kept me still. It is not the favor of man that I seek. But it's the favor of God that I have received. So if for God is for us, come on, then who can be against us? Hallelujah! It is He and He alone. So is God still good? Absolutely. Dad is back home, spending time with mom, spending time with some of the believers at back at home. I can't wait to go back home and see him narrate all this 
fun activities that he had in the CCU. <laughs> but more than that, I want to see him groaning less. He's still in pain, but at least he's out of that place, right? He's in a better health state. So already, when I, we were worshipping, mom called me up saying that we are back home. I, I could already hear him narrating all the incident, all those CCU things to the other people. I tell him to get a break, rest, rest for a few days, stop talking. She's like, you know him, he's not going to stop him. But I'm, I'm not mean to go back home, but I need to finish this right. <laughs> so you see, when God works in your life, you do not make Him work according to your desires. When you allow God to work in your life, you set yourself up according to how He wants to work. So if He tells you, you should be doing this even in your anxious moments, then you ought to be praising God even in your anxious moments. If He tells you, you got to be forgiven even when they have hurt you, you got to forgive even if they have hurt you. You see, serving God can never be according to our terms and conditions. Let me let me clarify this. How many of you love McDonald's or KFC or Burger King? Yes. So if you go to the counter and you say, I'll have a Big Mac, and they say, I'm just going to give you French fries. But I want Big Mac, no, I'm going to give you French fries. I don't want French fries, then I'll give you an ice cube. Then you go to, let's say, Burger King, and you ask for another thing. You go to KFC, I'll have a bucket. And they say, I'll just give you a nugget. No, I want what I want. You're not serving me as I want. Right? Now, you are the usher at Burger King and God is the one who is making orders. And if he wants you to praise him, you cannot give him a nugget and say, I'm just going to give you a nugget. If he wants a bucket, you better give him the bucket. So just as you don't expect the ushers or the or the waiters at the restaurant to serve your calling, what if you place an order tonight and say, I'll bring it to you to your room tomorrow morning? Oh, but I want now. I'm here for it now. If the waiters would do that, what would you do? Stand up and walk out. You go to a place where you are honored, where you are revered where people would understand and take your orders and be pleased to serve you. Dear church, you and I, we are the waiters and God is at the table. Whatever he wants, please bring it to him with a joyful heart. Not when you want, not how you want, not where you want, but how he wants, where he wants, and when he wants. If he wakes you up at 2 a.m., be ready to worship him. If he wakes you up at five, be ready to seek him in his word. If he tells you, hey, but you say, I have submissions, I have exams, but he's telling you to go pray with someone, do it. You know why? Because he is God and you are not. As clear as that. So now I'm concluding. After having said all of this, has God been good to you? Now I cannot end, end this sermon without a, without a bomb, right? 
What has been good to you? Is he still good to you?
you carry out the cross in your life. As much as I wanted to spend time with you all, more than that, God wants to spend time with you. Would you respond and come? Do you remember days when you used to be excited to come to church and fellowship? And now coming to church is an option. You're living in a... By the way, you guys are blessed to be in Peru. Do you know that? There, there is no other university that I know in the city of Bora that allows this to happen. You could have been in any other university in Baroda and other Surat. And you would have been missing out on fellowship. But you get it here. Isn't that a blessing? And we still choose to ignore that blessing? One last scripture I want to read with you without I finish. Luke chapter 14, verses 18 to 20. Keep your hand on this, we'll come back to this. Luke 14, 18 to 20. Real quickly. Luke 14, 18 to 20. But they, but they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to me, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I asked you to give, to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoked oxen and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married, I have married wife, a wife. And therefore, I cannot come. So one gives the excuse, excuse that I bought land so I cannot come. Many of us today give the same excuse. We are confined by our lands. You know you have a land? Your workspace, your room, your mess, your library, your study rooms, your office. Everything that you are, every place that you are becomes your land. Many a times we use that as an excuse. I'm too tied up at work. I'm too tied up with my studies. I'm too tied up with my exams. I'm too tied up with submissions. I'm too tied up with this. So we get the excuse of the land. Second, we the excuse of what? I bought, bought a possession. I don't have a vehicle. I'm too tired. I have to get this thing done. I have to go fill this in, in, in the classroom. I have to fill this project, submit this project through, through this portal. A lot of things of our possessions become our excuse. The very things that God blessed us with become our excuse. And the last guy said that I just got married. He didn't even say, please excuse me. He just said, I cannot come. He could have brought his, brought his wife with him. But he just said, I cannot come. Be very careful that you don't turn your family or your fellowship into an excuse from staying away from the table of God. Okay? They gave three excuses. What? Work, possession, family. Let your friendship not prioritize over God. Let your hangouts not prioritize over God. Now, let me ask you, do you have these three things in your life? You have a room to stay? You have a friend circle, you have possessions like you have gadgets, you have clothes, you have all these things. Who gave them, gave them to you? Who? Who? He gave it to you as a what? Blessing? Right? It's a gift. So why are we turning the blessing into an excuse? Shouldn't it be staying as a blessing itself? 
Shouldn't family be a blessing and not an excuse? Shouldn't our possessions and our wealth be a blessing and not an excuse? Shouldn't the room and the place that we work be a blessing, not an excuse? Church, be very careful not to turn blessings into excuses. Because you know, God could not allow anything to come between you and Him. If anything comes between, sin was separating us, what did He do? Wiped it out. So if you think the blessing that He gave to you is separating you, can you imagine what He'll do to it? You're complaining about work, you're complaining about studies, you're complaining about job. Can you imagine right now if God took all of that away from you, what would you be doing? And then you would be complaining, God, why are you forsaking me? If you were just complaining about it. You were just saying that I cannot come because of this. But I value you more than this. So I got rid of your work so you can come to me. But you're still not coming to me. Deuteronomy 8, 19 and 20, and we shall be finished today. Deuteronomy 8, 19, then it shall be, each you, my enemies, forget the Lord your God, and fool other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day, that you shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish, because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord of God. I would not want to come in this company. We all believe that God is blessing us, but He's also saying, if you by any means forget the Lord your God, He says, you will perish. He doesn't just say perish. It's not just ending there. In 20 says, the nations that the Lord destroys before you, you shall perish. So the nations that you saw being destroyed, your life would end up being the same. Just if you forgot who God is. Don't let your lack of time and your busy schedule keep you away from God doing this. Don't let your friend circle keep you away from God. Don't let your talents keep you away from God. You know, worship doesn't mean you need to have an acoustic guitar. Worship means you need to have the Spirit of God leading you in His presence. And He is always with us. So you can worship Him while having coffee. You can worship Him even while seated and being quiet. You can worship Him even in your room kneeling down. Worship doesn't mean that someone leads you. Worship means you bring yourself to God. Too much of us is being used as an excuse. But all of it is a blessing. You are a blessing. Make sure you continue to grow as a blessing and not an excuse. God should not look down upon you and say, well, very close. If you invested your time and your money somewhere, wouldn't you want a favorable return from that place? Right? Wouldn't God expect the same for us? He stays up all night. He doesn't have to. 
answers when he, when we call. He doesn't have to. He reaches out his holy hands towards our filthy hands to get us out of the dirt and mud. He doesn't have to. He says, I will fight your battles, you shall only stay still. He doesn't have to. It is all of this and still and doing all of it, he doesn't get covered. Do you think it's time to repay God what he truly deserves from our life? Pastor Roy has been teaching you all about the Holy Spirit in the last few weeks, right? You know, God said one thing clearly. One thing he will not uh, he will not endure or he will not accept something against the Holy Spirit. You can do anything, but if you bring harm or you hurt or you make mockery of the Holy Spirit, that is one thing I am going to cross your heart. Don't ignore the words of God in church. Church is not supposed to be a Sunday thing. Right? Church is everywhere. You are the church. Wherever you go, the Spirit of God goes with you. Make sure that you're pleasing Him just as He's pleasing you. And if you believe right now that God has been good and it's time for you to be good to Him again, we close your eyes and pray. If you would like to stand up with us as we pray, you can stand up. There's no judgment, there's no principalities here. You can stand up, you can kneel down, but from this moment onwards, as